This conference is all about bringing together that powerful triumvirate, people, capital, and ideas. In 2015, the Paris Climate Accords set the target of limiting global warming to well below two degrees. To reduce the disastrous effects of climate change, we need a whole economy approach. Business, government, and finance working together, taking swift action to reduce emissions, supporting and championing the innovators in cleantech, promoting leadership that sees decarbonization as an opportunity, an opportunity for innovation, an opportunity for global collaboration, an opportunity to build a better world for the future generation. The people here today, the people driving this change. Welcome to Innovation Zero. Welcome to all, and um, lovely to see you all here today. As uh, we say, we're just going to do a sort of 20 minute run through to really share our experience of developing the Solent cluster. So what I thought I would do, first of all, is just tell you a little bit about the Solent economy and why developing a, a low carbon and decarbonisation cluster in the Solent is so important. So in terms of the Solent, there's a, a map up there. You can see we are sort of in many senses sort of shaped by the two cities of Southampton and Portsmouth. And we have the Isle of Wight. And within the economy itself, it's a very highly densely populated area with 1.3 million population. The economy itself is about £33 billion in total. Lots of strategic assets. You'll see a few of them on the map there. Home of the Royal Navy down in Portsmouth. We've got a number of significant port assets. So we've got uh, Southampton Port, which is a, a globally recognised port, probably one of the biggest gateway ports for the UK in terms of trade with the rest of the world. And then we have the Port of Portsmouth, which is the major sort of EU port. And obviously Dover is exceptionally busy, but Portsmouth has the most European destinations of any UK port. So a key gateway asset. And we have um, obviously other strategic assets, and you'll see there on the map, the um, ExxonMobil petrochemical facility. They provide major infrastructure connections to all the major airports south of Birmingham. So yes, they're a very important asset for the region, but actually they are a very important asset for the UK. So it sounds like a, a fantastic economy and it is, and we, we're also blessed with world-class universities, uh, two in Southampton and one in Portsmouth. But we actually also have our levelling up challenges. We are not a typical southern economy in the Solent. So our two cities are traditional industrial heartlands and we have significant areas of deprivation. And if you actually compare the Solent nationally, we have a number of productivity challenges. So we're 1% below the UK average, despite the amazing assets that I've just uh, spoken about, and nearly 10% behind our southeast counterparts. And that's sort of, uh, if you like, uh, significant in terms of uh, how our economy performs. So why is building the Solent cluster so important and, and how does it contribute to the ambition we have as a region to transform our productivity performance? So to look at that, I thought it would be useful to just sort of take us through the journey of the Solent cluster. So. Some time ago, Bayes, as was the Government Department for Business, Energy, Industrial Strategy, identified six major industrial clusters in the UK, which were characterised by having a diverse mix of energy users, heavy transport needs, and obviously, you know, in our case, a very busy sort of port 
uh, uh, activity. So Southampton itself was identified as an industrial cluster. And alongside the decarbonisation challenge, we actually saw an opportunity there to look at it being a catalyst to develop a low carbon future and actually operate as maybe achieving a gold standard in terms of hydrogen production and distribution. So the journey began with that identification by government of um, Southampton being one of the six industrial clusters. Now ourselves, we thought we could broaden that to take in the whole of the Solent area. And, you know, the intention there was to sort of look at something at a strategic level that could really affect change in terms of sustainable energy production and consumption, bearing in mind our 1.3 million population base and some of the opportunities that would present themselves in terms of low carbon usage for transport, new sort of uh, generation of fuels, but also our domestic heating uh, solutions that we would want to look at uh, for our population base. So in order to fully realise the potential of the opportunity before us, we thought we could do something that would definitely talk to our local and regional ambitions in the Solent, but also play into the national picture, given those big, large national assets we have. And that's the basis on which we expanded the ambition to establish a Solent cluster. So, so what is the Solent cluster? If, if we look at that, I think if I boil it down in its simplest form, it's seeking to articulate the potential that we have through partnership. So there are many organisations uh, that are located in our region that are doing real sort of pioneering work in terms of exploring the opportunities and potential of delivering a low carbon revolution. But if you link all those things together in a kind of partnership framework, the, the potential to transform and deliver on a much more ambitious level becomes obvious to us. So we, we really see the Solent Cluster as doing three things. We think it has the potential to transform and decarbonise transportation. I'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. We think there is a real opportunity to deliver a new manufacturing capability in terms of hydrogen and sustainable aviation fuels, not just for the area, but for the country. And as I mentioned before, we've got a very significant population base um, in our area and along the south coast. And we do see a once in a generation opportunity to do something quite special with domestic heating. So those are three sort of pivot points um, that we see could be unlocked through working together in partnership. And the cluster really is built around that premise of collaboration and partnership. Why do we think that? I think in simple terms, the assets and infrastructure are already in place, which is a major advantage for the Solent. So we already have pipeline infrastructure, for example, from the uh, petrochemical facility on the Southampton Water run by ExxonMobil to the major airports such as Gatwick, Heathrow, Birmingham, as well as other airports south of Birmingham. We have obviously the port infrastructure that I talked about in the introduction and the fact we've got two major gateways in Southampton and Portsmouth. Um, and we have a very uh, sophisticated logistics sector providing transportation solutions into the port, as well as very, very significant concentration of academic and research assets. It's highly unusual to see three universities in such a tight concentration of geography, but and we are very fortunate to have that. So this makes it the ideal starting point to look at the introduction of hydrogen in the south of the country. And that's really been part of the driver for that sort of exploration of potential through partnership. So a flavour of our members, 
quite a big list. I was desperately trying to update this slide overnight. We, we had 36 members when we launched as a soft partnership in November last year, having decided that in the uh, framework of partnership, we could do something really special, really ambitious. We got to this kind of 64, 65 members by February. We could see that we'd opened up a community of interest. What is really special about this membership is the diversity of it. We've got some really big industrial players there, as you can see on the slide. So the likes of Exxon, Airbus, ABP, DP World. We've got some big developers on there. You'll see Costain Homes as an example. We've also got some major energy infrastructure providers with SGN, SSE and RWE. But we've also got, importantly, our community coming with us. All the councils in the local area are really up for this. They want to be at the cutting edge of the next generation of, of low carbon, the low carbon industrial revolution. Um, and we heard the minister talk this morning about the low carbon sector is projected to grow three times faster than any other sector in the period between now and 2030. You can see for a region that has productivity challenges that we absolutely want to be in the centre of that because this could be a game changer, not just for the sort of road to net zero and the road to delivering new low carbon solutions. This could actually transform lives, communities and businesses in our region, given the productivity challenges that we've experienced. So to see our civic leaders signed up to this is absolutely fantastic. And I can give you a couple of examples. You know, we have the city of Southampton wants to be the first UK hydrogen city. We have Portsmouth City Council who own the international port, wanting the international port to be the first port to achieve net zero. And we think they'll do that in the next two to three years. So they're just a flavour of the ambition of our civic leaders. You'll see there as well the universities. We, we've talked a lot. This is Innovation Zero. Innovation sits at the heart of catalyzing that potential and realising it. So to have our university partners on board from day one is supremely important if we're to unlock the potential, but also unlock it at an earlier stage than 2050. So a very, very key element. And then we've got some of our SMEs. They are so important to us. And some of the most highly innovative and highly sort of unusual and individual approaches to changing, you know, the way industry operates are coming through our small businesses. So we have a lot of maritime businesses in the Solent. They've got a burning platform to decarbonize and look at new clean fuels in, in the period to 2025. And we're already seeing some really innovative offers in hydrogen production. For example, Hover Traveler looking at that. We've got a number of our sort of small boat manufacturers looking at that. And then we, we can see in aviation some hydrogen powertrain solutions coming forward. So you've got a real diverse mix of partners um, just before we came to Innovate Zero, the number was 75. I think when we leave um, the, uh, the event this week, I'm really confident we're going to be over 100 members. And we are starting to see some of our neighbours along the south coast saying, can we join? And the answer is absolutely. You know, yes, the core of the activities in the Solent, but this is about doing something that will transform and revolutionise the south of England in terms of low carbon. So I'm talking this up a lot. I, I, I'm very aware. So I, it feels right to kind of flash this slide up. This is a, in our 
view a once in a generation opportunity. It's an incredible opportunity for us in the Solent. It's bringing together our local communities, both at an individual level, at a civic level and at a business level, together with the region. And we are now, I think, as an area, feeling a lot more confident about our place in the UK. We, we do believe we make a contribution to the sort of national journey. And I think we do genuinely believe we can affect real change in the delivery of sustainable energy production and actually consumption. Hence, the domestic heating piece is so important to us. And most importantly, for an area that has productivity 1% below the national average, 10% below the southeast average, 20% levels of economic inactivity, this is a game changer for us. We think it will transform our coastal communities and provide new opportunities for our young people. We actually brought up to the conference yesterday some of our young people who are apprentices at the moment going through their apprenticeships looking at plumbing and heating technology we said we want you to see the future because you are the future you are the people that are going to deliver this and it was fantastic to see them kind of immersing themselves in this journey at a very early stage because it has to deliver something we believe for our communities and for our workforce of the future as well as for industry and for government so in broad terms the vision I'm sure everybody puts slides like this up and they, oh yeah, Marie, that looks vaguely familiar. It could be anywhere, but it, we're, we're genuine in our intent. We do want to be a leading centre for low carbon in, investment. We do want to grow our economy and we've got sort of two challenges. We want to protect the skilled jobs that already exist in the Solent and some of the capability that exists in our universities, in our key companies like Exxon and Airbus and ABP, they're right at the cutting edge of their expertise. So protecting those skilled jobs and offering really sort of informative and highly sort of exciting career pathways for those people is, is really important to us. But we also want to create new jobs and those jobs we think will be in the cleaner energy technologies and the industries of tomorrow. And again, listening to the minister this morning talking about trillions of pounds as the sort of, you know, national return that these sort of investments can make really does link to that. Yes, this could be a game changer in terms of job creation. So how are we going to do that? Well, there's a couple of things that sit at the core of this. Fundamentally, hydrogen is, is a core component of delivering on this ambition. So I mentioned earlier, we are the only decarbonisation cluster in the south of England, as originally identified by government. And you saw the kind of blobs on the map earlier. There is the opportunity at the petrochemical complex run by Exxon to look at the development of new hydrogen and low carbon fuel facilities. And I think the time has come when we look at a lot of the kind of uh, conference speeches. It, it is an opportunity that we need to unlock now. I think we are a region that has quite a strong marine and aviation component to us. The journey to delivering aviation capability and marine and maritime capability that's operated using sustainable uh, fuels is very much here now. So that kind of reads across to that ambition to deliver new hydrogen and low co uh, carbon fuel capability. And I talked earlier, and I'm, I'm going to keep repeating this, we do see a fantastic opportunity to deliver hydrogen solutions to provide power and heat across our region. And just switching on the TV this morning and listening to all talking about the energy price 
guarantee and where we are with that and the experience that we've seen over the last year with energy prices, energy price caps, subsidies coming in because domestic fuel has been so expensive. I can't really underestimate the importance of really pushing the boundaries in terms of looking at uh, domestic heating solutions. And on a UK level, and again, we've heard a couple of uh, speeches on this, it is about UK PLC remaining competitive in the global market. We heard the minister today saying the UK is a global leader. Well, we want to make sure we stay there and we we think our cluster can make a contribution alongside other clusters to delivering that that um, competitivity. And also, and I think this is something we're really on our early journey. There's a catalyst here that is allowing other industries and other businesses to sort of say, actually, we want to explore this. We want to look at uh, opportunities to decarbonize. And as I say, the first areas we've seen it in is maritime, with things like shore power coming in, the link to the Isle of Wight, world's first hybrid ferry, people now adopting hydrogen as a, an option for fuel. And obviously, we hope to see sustainable aviation fuel uh, coming on stream too. What does that mean in terms of the sort of broader picture? I think the carbon capture and storage component of this is, is equally important. So if we look at what I think are, I, I haven't got a brain for lots of stats, but these two stats I actually can remember when I'm talking to colleagues. So 40% of industrial CO2 ever captured has been captured by one of our founding partners, which is Exxon. And Exxon have a number of people on the Solent cluster stand. So if you want to kind of dig deeper into those that data, I'm sure they'd be very happy to do that. And we believe our cluster could capture up to 10,000 million tonnes of CO2 a year, which is the equivalent of taking nearly 4 million cars off the road. That's quite a sort of breathtaking statistic, really. So the prize is 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 big, we believe. In terms of carbon capture and storage, we see that as fundamental to uh, enabling the need for large-scale reduction in CO2 emissions and doing it quickly. There is obviously a journey to 2050, but if we can bring some of these things forward, we believe that's a good thing to do. Um, some of the low-carbon hydrogen production for use in many industries will require a solution around capture and storage. So it's it's fundamental to that as well. And obviously captured CO2 can then be used to manufacture synthetic fuels, other products. So there's a lot of spin-off benefits to, to, to looking at this. And the cluster can help because as I say, it is the only decarbonisation cluster in the South. It's importantly backed by companies with technical expertise, with a global track record of doing this. And there is that wraparound academic and knowledge transfer support coming through our university. So, so there is a lot of potential through that partnership that I talked about earlier. So in broad terms, we, we are really hoping that we, we are approaching a, a point where there is a new future available to the Solent, something that really does transition the economy from an economy that is underperforming to something that will really be a pioneering in carving a new future. The map you can see there reflects the, the submission that the cluster has made in response to the track two opportunity that has uh, been running uh, and obviously expressions of interest were uh, invited and submitted at the end of April. So our submission really does look at the development of a transport and storage project um, that sits outside of the normal sort of 
economic regulated model and has the potential to deliver this acceleration that we're talking about. And you can see there the kind of nominated storage area is just off the south coast. Obviously, the link to the Solent is very, very clear. And again, if um, if colleagues in the room would like to hear more about the detail on that, uh, do come over and see us at the stand and we, we can talk in, in a little bit more detail outside of a forum like this. The um, the other opportunity, and I, it was interesting listening to the minister talking about this in, in, in his speech this morning, it will unlock significant private sector investment if we can take this forward. And you can see that Exxon are evaluating a potential £5 billion investment in, uh, in the facilities in our region. But actually, it could unlock, you know, on a much wider basis, £22 billion worth of economic growth because the reach is across the south coast, as I alluded to earlier. Um, it clearly does deliver on the net zero ambitions and it will start to enable the production of hydrogen and biofuels to support the decarbonisation piece that I talked about for sectors like aviation and maritime, as well as looking at new types of power generation. So, so there's a lot at stake, but there's a very big prize as well. So we've obviously been invested very heavily in that process for the last couple of months. And what we're asking for from government ourselves is some certainty about when we can take that process forward. Because obviously this is an expression of interest stage and um, we are hoping um, that there is an opportunity in an expanded track two process to to do that and uh, it was just interesting listening to the minister this morning saying you know they want to work alongside business and communities to do this so so we hope that will will carry through the community themselves then for us that's a really important part of our story of the the journey we're taking so it's really important to us that people can see what's in it for them at a very basic everyday level and um, fundamentally aside from the benefits for sectors like maritime and innovation we are looking at hydrogen power to heat homes businesses and public buildings in the region uh, and we think that's a, a viable proposition. And we think it brings with it as well those opportunities to deliver new skilled jobs and training to ensure the benefits of growth, as well as the benefits of new fuel alternatives for homes can be felt. So, so we see this as a really important dimension. Just briefly touching on transport, we've had a couple of questions on the stand about that. Talked obviously about marine and aviation and their journey, but we also see something in there that will translate through to looking at hydrogen as an option to provide power and heat to businesses, as well as looking at the development of affordable and sustainable fuels for multi-mode uh, transportation uh, facilities. So very much at the heart of what we're doing. Our timeline, and it's probably not as visible, particularly if you're sat further back, you know, the the um, the next sort of period to 2030 is very much around enabling the capture and safe storage of, of CO2 emissions. We've then got a big agenda in the decade after that around translating that into driving growth and the creation of skilled jobs. And then obviously, as we move towards 2050, we, we're confident we can move that dial at a UK level in terms of the, the UK's journey to net zero. So very much a 25-year um, a project, but with some early milestones in the period to 2030. So 
it's a bit of a, a skate through, but I'm conscious that you don't want to listen to me forever. Um, I hope that's just given you a bit of a flavour of our journey, where we are now, where we want to go to. Um, and happy to take questions. Great, thank you, Anne-Marie. Um, I think that really uh, reinforces the message that climate is a team sport. Um, do we have any questions for Anne-Marie? And of course, we have the uh, Solent Stand, if you do want to follow up with any of the team after. Really glad to see this, uh, such forums uh, and uh, this, these initiatives which are helping the community. Uh, I'm Manish Kumar from Hitachi. Um, and you mentioned that the number of partners is just growing probably rapidly. Um, the question is how? How do we pa become part of it? How do we become partner here? Um, and that would be interesting to know so that, uh, well, I personally, my BU is for the decarbonization through electrification, but my colleagues who they could be, um, it, this one is quite of interest for them. So probably I could connect dots over there and uh, make uh, Hitachi be partner of this as well. Yeah, I, I didn't hit, I've, I've literally got the speaker for the other. <laughs> the other session behind me but I think your questions I'll replay it back if that's okay just to make sure I did hear the broad brush of it you're asking how can you become a partner in this I think was the just so apologies if I didn't hear I think the answer is come and talk to us at the stand um we we can certainly take your interest forward um and being very open we started with a community of interest of partners that were very solent based but because it's the only decarbonisation cluster in the south, we have had partners who are not necessarily located in the Solent saying, I'd like to join, I think I can bring something to this cluster, how do I actually engage? So the answer is we would love to engage with you. I've got just in front of me Zoe here, who's our cluster manager. If you just speak to Zoe at the end of the session, we'll make sure we get you connected in. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you. Okay, we'll have another question. Hi, thank you very much for this uh, very informative uh, presentations. In one of your slides, you've said that you have submitted the uh, expression of interest for track two. How this will impact the project if that was not approved? Are we going to see some delays on the uh, Solnit cluster? or And, and how uh, confident that you were going to get the, the uh, approval of that? Yeah, it's a really good question. It's a question that I think anyone submitting to a process like that asks themselves. And I think, I think if I, I take the second part of your question first, I, I think, and looking at the prospectus, this isn't a kind of one-time opportunity. I think the government are looking at bringing forward a range of opportunities. So they had a track one, now we have a track two. Obviously, they've kind of alluded to future um, processes. So, I, and listening to the minister today, I don't think this is a one-time opportunity. I think this is a journey. And I, I think that's why we're looking at, you know, you saw the timeline that we were um, looking at there. I think if there's a, a delay in entering the process, it does create short-term uncertainty, but I do think the power of the cluster is the potential of partnership. And I think what, what it has brought to us is also a network of advocates that can engage with the policymakers to demonstrate and showcase the potential. And I do, I do feel confident that that partnership will prevail even if it's not in track two if it's in a future track and i do think it will have a very significant role in shaping policy in the future because it's so diverse 
as well as being, you know, a, a sort of significantly scaled up partnership. And it's why, you know, when the gentleman there from Hitachi said, can we join? We're very keen to build that community of interest across the South Coast because it's a very powerful and it's a voice that gets louder and louder. So, so I don't see it as a one-time process would be my answer, I think. Perfect. Thank you. So Anne-Marie, thank you so much. To register your interest in attending, exhibiting, sponsoring, or speaking at Innovation Zero 2024, please go to www.innovationzero.com. We look forward to meeting you at Olympia in London on the 30th of April and the 1st of May 2024.